Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. I'm Rachel, Program Director at Strong Towns. Today, instead of just a standard interview, we are featuring updates from four guests who were on the podcast in the last couple of years. We will first hear from Marilyn Burns, who's helping lead an effort to create a community laundry co-op in the Woodhill neighborhood of Cleveland. While they haven't broken ground on their new facilities yet, they are establishing the foundation of their co-op and taking incremental steps to test out their ideas. We'll also hear from Alex Rodriguez, a Strong Towns member who's been involved in an ongoing process to help revitalize his rural town of Lexington, New York, through arts, housing, and small business. His organization, Lexington Arts and Science, has found some creative ways to raise money and recognize the huge potential that comes from partnering with other local organizations. Next, we'll hear from Shalita Miller, another Strong Towns member who runs a community radio program in Gary, Indiana, and has also been helping small business owners during the pandemic. She's recognized a silver lining to the separation that comes from the pandemic and has also been tackling a new project, revitalizing a small local mall. And finally, we'll close with a brief update from our summer intern last year, Sarah Davis, on her new urban planning job. As you're listening, pay attention to these themes that came up again and again in my conversations with these local leaders. First, that progress takes time. You have to stay dedicated to your goal, even when the results aren't immediate. Another huge theme I noticed was the need for incremental action. You've heard that a lot at Strong Towns, but it's so true. Most of these folks haven't fully realized their goals yet. You know, they think big, but they've taken small steps along the way to figure out what works and iterate on that. The people you're about to hear from are also totally dedicated to working together. None of them are operating alone. They've found neighbors and neighborhood organizations to partner with because they know that they'll go much farther when they collaborate and share the workload. So those are a couple of themes, you know, patience, uh, incremental action, and working together. Now let's get started hearing updates from these inspiring Strong Towns advocates. Miss Marilyn Burns is a founding member of the Woodhill Community Co-op in Cleveland, Ohio. She was on the podcast, along with another member of the co-op, Leah Ross, on May 13th, 2021, when this laundry co-op was just getting off the ground. It might seem like a small thing, a laundry co-op. Um, I've lived with different laundry setups in my life, but I've always been at least a short walk from a laundromat if I didn't have laundry accessible in my own building. I can only imagine how challenging and frustrating it would be if I had to not just walk down to the basement or down the block, but potentially travel miles to a laundromat, especially if I didn't own a car, like many folks in the Woodhill neighborhood. So since we spoke last May, Ms. Burns has been part of this process to set up a formal co-op, and her group has also been taking some interim steps before they're able to build their own facility. So here's an update from Ms. Marilyn Burns on her work with the Woodhill Community Co-op. What are the most important things that have happened with the Woodhill Community Co-op since we last talked uh, several months ago? You guys were kind of just getting started, recruiting and all that. We are working now with legal aid as far as trying to set up bylaws. We just have we just had a meeting uh, yesterday and we meet a half an hour prior to our meetings at 10 o'clock, just as a group to discuss any questions that we want to present to legal aid. So right now we're in the process of decision-making, seeing what we want to put in our bylaws. It's a very, very, very slow process. It's a back and forth process. It's head boggling. I have headaches every time I leave the meeting, Uh but 
It has to be articulated correctly in the bylaws. It has to be uh, understandable, you know, of course, and stuff like that. But we are making progress. Also, we have started laundry days. And our laundry days consist of we, we partnered with a uh, local laundry place that does laundry already on uh, Turney Road. And what we do, we rent a, a van, a large van. We got a list of residents who want to watch this particular day. We have different time schedules set up. So we pick up a group, say we pick up a group at nine o'clock. We take them. Then there's another group that may be coming at 10 or 11. We call them to make sure that they're coming. They have their laundry ready. Sometimes we give them special perks. We add um, a laundry card, a card and laundry detergent so they can get their wash done. And we bring them back once they finish. And so this goes on till about maybe from nine to maybe four. Oh, wow, that's great. And we've done two of them already. So it's working out pretty good. We're trying to locate another facility closer that can accommodate a lot of people, but that's kind of difficult to do because some don't offer the perks that we've already been engaging with. So it's a project we're moving forward. It's a slow progress, but it's moving. It's moving. That's great to hear. And so is the hope that one day you'll you'll have your own laundry facility? I think the general consensus is that we want to buy the land and we want to build on it. We just don't want to go into a facility that's already up because, as you know, sometimes when the going gets good, then things change. The people want you to move out of their building. You don't have any say so. So what we want is to have our own land, eminent domain, mm-hmm. uh, build on it and employ residents from the neighborhood. We're working on all of that. So nobody will tell us later on down the line that we have to move because it'll belong to us, you know. And this is why we selected that. We are looking at other ones to see if what they do, you know, as far as, and something closer, which is right now, we haven't found a facility yet closer. We are looking at one, but they didn't offer what we wanted the first time. So, you know, I'm the type of person, okay, let's go back again. Maybe things have changed. Uh, Maybe they can offer what we want this time. it's, it's, It's worth a try. It's always research and checking out places and seeing what fits our needs. What are you most proud of in terms of what you all have accomplished so far? Just the fact that we're still moving forward Mm -hmm. with it. We haven't given up, even though it's not an easy process. But as you know, that anything easy, sometimes like uh, it it, it doesn't gel or it doesn't last long. So I think Mm -hmm. this process that we're going through, that once we see the finish line or the light at the end of the tunnel, we can look back and say, hey, this was all worth it. You know, all the hard work, all the dedication. The next update we have to share is from Alex Rodriguez, founder of Lexington Arts and Science, who you heard from alongside project partner Danny Lappin on the show on March 11th, 2021. Lexington Arts and Science started with some efforts to renovate and fix up historic buildings in the rural town of Lexington, New York, but it's something much bigger now, a vision to revitalize the whole community and bring it back to its former glory as a hub of arts, business, and food. 
I asked Alex what's happened since we last spoke, and he started by telling me about some important community members he's been working with on the Lexington Arts and Sciences effort. The biggest thing I would say is banding together along with Prattsville Art Center, Mary Kaplan, and Patrick Marr. And the three of us have a very unified vision for, for what we'd like to see. And we have, as different organizations, Patrick and Mary have some property on the north side of the river in the commercial district in Lexington. And we're pretty much on the south side of the river. Pratzel Art Center is a few miles down the road, um, seven miles to the northwest. And they are a very important arts institution in the area that has brought a lot of people together. So we respect Prattsville Art Center as a bit of a, a model. So by banding together with Prattsville Art Center and uh, Mary and Patrick, we've been able to have a unified voice and create a little bit of a, a what we think of as a master plan for what we'd like to do together because we have so much more ability to do things when we're working together. And so that's been a huge thing um, that's happened over the past year. And one of the things that has come out of that is the general store. And this is one thing that was a huge item that many people wanted in town. And because of the cooperative mindset that we've had, we've been able to get that going for a lot of reasons. It would never have happened without that collaborative mindset. So that's another big thing that's happened. I know you mentioned in an email to me ahead of this that you have also been starting to work on some affordable housing efforts in the area too. How are those coming along? Yeah, that, that's been a huge thing. A lot of support for that because a lot of the local entrepreneurial efforts fail because there isn't enough local work. Um, and that happens because there's there's an affordable housing crisis all over the mountaintop. And I think it's a, a big issue in, in New York and it's no different on the mountaintop, yes. So this summer, we're, for example, we have very simple rooms that we've set up and we are able to offer them at extremely low rates. Um, and we're going to be working with Crestbell Growers, which is a local cut flower operation in its third year of business. And they they spoke to us because they, they didn't have any place to have summer workers, no seasonal work because there's no housing options again. So we were able to step up and work with them and again, collaboratively set up these spaces and by reactivating housing that hadn't been used in a long time, um, now we have a space for these workers to go and hopefully it helps um, Crestbell Growers and their, their Annie Hall and their business to grow in a, in a long-term sustainable way because we hope to be doing this sort of collaboration for a long time and, and um, eventually that could turn into building new affordable housing as well for other similar purposes and a lot of the young people who grow up here actually don't stay because they can't afford to buy housing later on. So I think it's a, it's a larger problem that we can address with the town. Alex and I also discussed the challenges of funding a multifaceted effort like this and the creative ways that they've approached this. For example, renting out a modest Airbnb to generate revenue. For example, one collaboration that we've had with a local couple, an architect couple, is called the Diamond Notch. It's an off-grid modular built in Lexington and designed in Lexington, again, with the community involved. It was actually built in a space that is now going to house the general store. And there was time donated from a lot of people. And this little triangular A-frame is now rented out as a vacation rental. 
but it's also has a lot of potential impacts on different ideas ranging from affordable housing to emergency housing that little unit is used for income and it's um it's been successful as a rental property what are you most proud of that you guys have all accomplished so far in this work so i think the most pride comes from the idea that we have this teamwork that allows us to have sustainable and ongoing growth the same teamwork really gives the the project a massive potential in the future and that's sort of by design that we're we're doing that it's built a lot of momentum on the cultural front we have a few events this summer that we're trying to apply for um hopefully they come through but even if they don't we have um a lot of space for showing new work and that's you know that that's we're very proud of where the project is going we this year we also had a town meeting it was very well attended it, a lot of people came in it's it was a really good showing of people who wanted to see and have a voice in what was happening in their own town so what is next for you all what are you looking forward to working on this year we're just excited to see it flower in the same way that it's been been happening. So this year, I think there's going to be more art shows, more people staying in the area because of the the accommodations that we have. There's going to be more people enjoying the 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 river and going up into the the mountain behind the the property. There's going to be more people stopping by the general store. I think there's just we're really bringing the town back to what it looked like in the 40s and 50s when there were just a lot more people around and um, enjoying the natural beauty of the place. So that's, that's, we're most excited about that. And I can't wait for my, my little one-year-old daughter to go to the, the general store and we walk over there and get an ice cream. I'm just, I dream about the, the community appeal. Shalita Miller is a Strong Towns member who was on the show December 17th, 2020. She's an accountant by trade and also hosts a community radio program called Heart to Heart, where she helps field 311 ticket calls and helps residents in her town of Gary, Indiana, stay in the loop about what's going on with local government. She shared with me an update on her work and how some of Strong Towns resources have been particularly helpful to her, plus some new initiatives that she's been involved with. So since we've last spoken, following up with some of the things that we already mentioned with respect to the, the uh, Heart to Heart with Shalita Miller, where we, where we assist residents with 311 tickets. And so since that time, I've added some more features uh, to that show with the goal being to have a more interactive conversation. So I wanted to be a two-way conversation and eventually carry that into meetings once things uh, sort of settle down, you know, with respect to the pandemic. And because most of the um, residents, I'll say, are the engaged residents, uh, they're an older population. So, you know, being that, but with respect to the show, have added in legislative updates and also business updates, which flows naturally with, with what I do professionally um, as a business owner and working with businesses. That's been uh, interesting during the pandemic. There was a lot of talk around businesses. And so I wanted to provide resources to business owners, you know, with respect to the issues they were running into. And then being a CPA, I had a lot of business owners that were coming to me to prepare financials and things of that nature. But it was difficult because sometimes small business owners don't always have 
everything in order because you're trying to run your your day to day business. And then, you know, doing your accounting is a task in and of itself. So we've had guests such as the director of the Indiana Small Business Development Center for this region on the show. We talked about practical things that business owners can do. Um, And then another exciting thing that we've taken up since our last conversation is that um, now uh, my company is assisting um, the local shopping center here in our city. That's been interesting because it was a it's it's a huge part of our community. Um, every one winter growing up, some you know nineties two thousands, and then it slowed down and a lot of the businesses uh, left. It's not a large shopping mall um, to that extent. It's more of a neighborhood mall, but it's it's still a mall just on a smaller scale. So I've been brainstorming some of the things that I read in Charles' book with respect to you know how things are changing. When you think about these large big box stores. And so the good thing about this shopping mall is that like someone like myself can move into some of the spaces that are available. So it's not like where you have these huge department stores primarily, but there are smaller spaces, too. And that's been a journey. It parallels some of the other things that we that we have going where you're um, striving to make changes. But sometimes if something has been a certain way for so long, um, you know, there's a certain mindset you know, that that the community or individuals have that as you're trying to address issues, you're also striving to, you know, consider those mindsets. And so I actually came across a podcast by Charles. Um, I'll have to send it to you because I saved it. But in this podcast, he was talking about, you know, when you are trying to make a difference or effectuate change, you can either leave and go and do your own thing like he did, which takes time and a lot of energy. Um, or you can work within. And so um, listening to that podcast, it really resonated with me because you run into, you know, challenges and at times it can, you know, be tiring or frustrating. Um, but he gave, you know, a lot of advice uh, with respect to operating within. And so at this point, our focus going forward is how can we harness relationships, continue to harness relationships with the community, with governmental agencies to address issues and and change the way in which things have been done. And like I say, it takes, it takes time. And so that's been pretty much, you know, what we have been doing the last, uh, the last year. And and again, trying to put things in place where we can be more interactive and have that two-way conversation where it's not just like me coming and, and doing a show and, Hey, this is what we need. No, how can I, encourage engagement um, and, and from that prepare to have more meetings once the pandemic is over. I asked her about burgeoning connections with neighbors and opportunities to meet in person finally. I've been having meetings and again like you said trying to uh, have these smaller meetings but um, it just sort of depends on who I'm meeting with. Some people want to meet some people don't so I just kind of go with the flow but I've been able to have a few meetings with some key individuals and with community members trying to, you know, rally community members around different topics that we have. The good thing about the pandemic is that it's forced it's forced us to reach out more directly with people and have that conversation because you can't do it in a group setting. So it's forced us to have more of a personal relationship with individuals. So for instance, there was a situation actually in the community where I reside where residents were calling and vocalizing their concerns. And so typically you, you schedule a, a, a meeting and, you know, you hope everyone comes out, but we haven't done that, especially we've had a few uh, winter storms, but it's forced me to like pick up the phone and call people individually and speak to them. And then 
what I found is that in those conversations, you find out a lot that you wouldn't find out in a meeting setting. What's on the horizon for you? What are you hoping to be working on in the coming months? I work professionally as a CPA, so that takes up a lot of time. And then the things that I do is volunteers. So it's always that balancing feature. So what I want to do is bring on volunteers where I will be able to share some of that workload. So that way I can be even more responsive to residents and then also maybe give some college students opportunity to participate, you know, in in, in the civic engagement that I'm, I'm striving to encourage. So the goal is to have more of an infrastructure with respect to the individuals that volunteer with me. So that way I have the capacity to do more things. Um, so like I mentioned with the legislative updates that I'm adding to the show, I want to be able to do that more consistently. So sometimes if my workload picks up like now during this season, that starting this uh, year off, it's, it's harder. For last update here, I want to share a note from Sarah Davis, our summer intern. We posted her episode on September 23rd, 2021, just as she was finishing up her internship with us. She wasn't able to record a full interview with me, but here's the message she sent about what she's been up to since that conversation in September. Sarah writes, I accepted an offer to be a planner at Tool Design last October. It's been a great experience. I learn new things every day, and I'm doing work that I'm truly passionate about. Tool specializes in all things transportation, from landscape architecture to civil engineering. I love getting to peek into different worlds of the transportation industry. So far, I've worked on transportation master plans, comprehensive plans, and guidebooks and toolkits for a multitude of motorized and non-motorized transportation planning topics. The team at Tool is great. I love how much the company emphasizes diversity and inclusion. I personally believe the people closest to the problems are closest to the solutions. So it's important to me to work with people from diverse places and backgrounds. I love the energy of working in the private sector, and I'm getting to make a lasting impact on communities around Kansas City and the Midwest. I plan to learn everything I can from my colleagues and take the AICP exam when I am eligible. All right, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed this update episode. It's a format that we might return to occasionally, maybe once a year. So I would love your feedback on it. Shoot me an email at rachel at strongtowns.org. Thanks to our members. Thank you to Alex Rodriguez, Shalita Miller, and everyone else out there who is doing the Strong Towns work in their communities. If you'd like to be a part of this, if you'd like to join this movement, please head to strongtowns.org membership to become a member today. Thanks to everyone for your support. All right, we'll be back with another regular episode next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.